Hello, Bravo lovers. Welcome to the party because it's time for a new episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. On this episode, of course, I have my recap of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, where the ladies are wrapping up their healing trip in Portugal. But there is no healing in sight because all I've seen is shade being thrown, petty arguments, and Kenya Moore busting her ass. And on The Real Housewives of New York City, Bryn is feeling better and has finally joined the ladies in the Hamptons. Bryn brought her Brennergy, hashtag it, Jenna Lyons played dress up, Jessel got a popsicle stuck up her what? And Sai opened up about her childhood. All that and more on the newest episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Let's get it started. So before we get into the Royal Housewives of Atlanta, I really have to mention the fact that Bravo Tea with Jared B was featured in a commercial on Bravo on Sunday night. Uh, this was either during the live airing of the Real Housewives of Atlanta or the Real Housewives of New York or somewhere in between those two shows. I was not feeling well Sunday evening, so I went to sleep around like 5.30, 6 o'clock. But I woke up late at night to a text from my cousin Grayson, shout out to Grayson, who told me that he saw... Um, my podcast, Bravo Tea with Jared B, mentioned or featured kind of a quote from me. Basically, I Instagram commented on, I think, a preview of the Real Housewives of New York saying, I'm very excited for this new era of hashtag R-H-O-N-Y. So I was pleasantly surprised to uh, find out we were featured in our first commercial. But listen, I understand if you didn't see it, because if you blinked, you could have missed it. But honestly, that's just, that's like a little highlight um of these past three months, almost three months, that I've been doing this podcast. You know, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me going. And yeah, that was very excited to hear. <laughs> it was very excited to hear. It was very excited to see. And I was very excited to share the news on Instagram. But let's get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So this is season 15, episode 12, titled Sex, Lies, and Video Phones. <clears throat> So this is day three in Portugal, and Moneta checks in on Kenya, who is very happy that she can walk. Um, did Kenya really think that she wouldn't be able to walk? I mean, that was a hard fall. It was a very hard fall. But listen, I guess once you get to a particular age, that body doesn't heal like it's supposed to or like you want it to. But we found out from Moneta that after Drew said that she did not kiss LaToya, Candy called Kenya, called Cynthia, and Shamia. And I have to say, if you have been watching this show, Candy does not like being called a liar. She doesn't even like it being insinuated that she's a liar. So if Candy felt the need to call past and present cast members on the show, then honestly, more power to her. I didn't need the confirmation because I knew Drew kissed LaToya. A lot of things happened on that cash trip to, where did they go? Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, a lot of things happened on that trip when the cameras went down on that bachelor party for Cynthia Bailey. Now, I will say, I personally don't like hearing that Marlo recorded that conversation and sent it to LaToya. If a person is not on the cast, then don't involve them. 
And also, to me, it's mad suspect that Latoya is now saying that she didn't kiss Drew when she said she did at the reunion. So then the ladies head to a sound bath. And honestly, I can't with the sound baths, the shamans, the healing ceremonies. Like, honestly, find a damn therapist. Because these ladies have to travel 40 days and 40 nights, take two vans, eight donkeys over the hill and through the woods to grandmother's house we go just to experience a sound bath for healing that's not going to heal any damn thing. And then after the sound bath, the ladies sit down to eat and listen, as we know, nothing good ever happens at a group meal on the Real Housewives of any city. So the conversation comes up about Drew denying kissing LaToya. But we also find out that not only did Marlo film what was going on, Monietta also pulled out her phone. Sorry, there was a tiny little spider crawling on my wall and I had to kill it real quick because I don't like bugs. I do not like bugs. But let me continue. So, like I said... We not only found out that Marlo filmed what was going on, but Monietta also pulled out her phone. Monietta says that she started recording after the cameras went down because that's when you start to see the real side of people. But honestly, I wonder if production asked these ladies to film on their phones if drama happens once production ends for the day, or is it something that's expected for these ladies to do, or... Do these ladies record what's going on for personal receipts just in case one of these ladies lies about what happened, like to pull out at the reunion? But then Drew questions why Marlo is so invested enough to record the conversation the night prior, and Drew suggests Marlo needs to focus on getting her record expunged and the hair follicles for her edges to grow back. Now, honestly, I think Drew thought she cleared Marlo with that read, but once again, it's low-hanging fruit because Marlo has shared with us that she's trying to get her record expunged. We already know that. And Marlo has talked about getting hair treatment to regrow her edges. We already know that. So it's kind of hard to insult someone about something they've been open and honest about. But then, (laughs) Kenya Moore turns to Cousin Courtney and asks her if she has anything to tell Drew about the conversation that happened about Drew last night. And listen, I'm not on anyone's side, but Kenya did start it with Cousin Courtney, and Cousin Courtney came ready to play, and she did okay. She didn't clear Kenya, but she certainly held her own. And in this moment, I honestly realized that for Kenya to shine As a real housewife in the way that she has done in the past, Kenya needs a formidable opponent, whether it's Phaedra, Nene, Portia, Kim Zosiak. So is Cousin Courtney that next formidable opponent? Maybe. We shall see. But Drew pulled Cousin Courtney aside to warn her to watch out for Marlo. But I feel like Cousin Courtney needs to figure that out for herself. Courtney needs to learn the lay of the land and cultivate relationships with the other ladies if she's going to stick around with this group. So if Courtney ends up getting burned by Marlo, then that's the lesson that she's going to have to learn. And then we get to see how Courtney's going to handle learning that lesson. I also feel like Courtney, excuse me, doesn't owe Drew anything because Courtney is cousins with Ralph. And we don't even know if they're real cousins or play cousins. 
And especially now that Drew and Ralph are getting a divorce, they won't even be cousin-in-law. So to me, it's every man for himself. Now, when it comes to these collusion allegations, I think that's a very strong word to use. I think alliance is the appropriate word. And alliances are common in the world of housewives. Often a couple of women on these shows will band together to have each other's back against a common enemy or enemies like uh, the blondes versus the blue the brunettes on uh, OG Real Housewives of New York or the talls versus the smalls on the Real Housewives of Atlanta or the Fox Force 5 on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And that consisted of Kyle, Dorit, Erica, Teddy, and Lisa Renna. Those are some examples of alliances that have been on the Real Housewives. But then we get to uh, drinks with the ladies, and I guess it's night three. Well, it's day three, nighttime in Portugal, and the ladies are gathered in separate groups before they go out to dinner. There's Kenya, Sheree, Drew, and Moneta, and then there's Marlo, Sanya, and Courtney. Now, Kenya says that cousin Courtney was freaking out for no reason when she brought up the fact that Courtney made fun of her for falling or saying that it was karma. But that's not the conversation that we saw, or that's not the conversation I saw. Cousin Courtney got activated because Kenya tried to throw Courtney under the bus by calling out the fact that Courtney and the other ladies were talking about Drew while she was not there. Now, excuse me, that was my stomach. I'm a little hungry. Now, I could understand Kenya wanting to call Courtney out about saying that it's karma that Kenya fell and busted her ass, but that's not funny. I'm sorry, Kenya. But the only reason why Courtney knows this is because Monietta was playing bone collector and brought this info to Kenya. Kenya was not there, so she's going off hearsay, basically, when it should have been Monietta to call Courtney out if Monietta wants to play the bone collector of the group. So we get to this group dinner, And the ladies are gathered and they start questioning Drew about her marriage. And Drew reveals that Ralph is no longer participating in counseling. And honestly, I feel bad for Drew because you can tell she's putting on a brave face for the ladies. But in reality, she's gone through it with Wreck-It Ralph. And I also have to say, Monietta is, or she has been stirring the pot on this trip a bit. First, she brings info to Kenya about what was discussed when Kenya wasn't there. Now, Monietta brings up that someone, she didn't say Courtney, she said someone mentioned Kenya's fall was karma, even though we already know Kenya knows who said it, and that was Cousin Courtney. Now, Cousin Courtney does take ownership of the fact that she did say it and then starts round two with Kenya and cousin Courtney but Sheree shuts it all the way down (laughs) poor Sheree she planned the strip for healing and every day the ladies are fighting but let's be honest these cap these cash trips are never for healing they're for drama these ladies came on this trip with a lot of unresolved issues so what did she by charade think was going to happen? That sound bath was a band-aid on a wound that needed stitches. Okay? Stitches, not a band-aid. 
So we move on to the wine tasting, and I guess this is day four, the last day in Portugal, and the ladies go to this vineyard for some wine tasting, and I feel like the ladies just sat down, and Marlo says that she got a text from Ralph asking her to keep his name out her mouth. Now, from what I've seen, I don't know about you guys, but Marlo didn't say anything bad about Ralph. She said that he works in technology, whatever that means. And if that's what we know Ralph does for a living, then what's the big deal? But on the other hand, playing devil's advocate here, I think Drew is feeling vulnerable, vulnerable, excuse me, raw and tender about her marriage with Ralph. And honestly, Drew is probably worrying about what Ralph is doing in Vegas with that producer of Chocolate City while Drew is all the way in Portugal. But I'm honestly glad they put a kibosh on this conversation because I'm sick of them arguing. Drink your wine, have a good time, and try to enjoy your last night in Portugal. And before this episode ends, I love the fact that the ladies tried to teach the pilgrims, as Drew called them, the Cuffet Challenge. All roads always lead back to Beyonce. So now we have The Real Housewives of New York City. This is season 14, episode 3, titled Two Truths and No Shukshuka. I think that's how you pronounce it. So it's the next morning in the Hamptons, and the ladies are freezing because Aaron's heating didn't work in the guest room. Listen, Aaron can't win for anything. I want to know, in a matchup between Dorinda Medley and Aaron Lychee? Licky? Aaron Lychee? I'm sorry, Aaron. I I I will learn how to pronounce your last name correctly. But in a matchup between Dorinda and Aaron, who's the best hostess? I think Dorinda might win the prize for the hostess with the mostest because I cooked, I cleaned, I made it nice, as Dorinda would say. But Cy, Jessel, and Uba gather in Aaron's room and discuss the fact that Jenna left Aaron's to go home. Jessel feels like Jenna went home because Aaron's house isn't by the beach. They think it's rude that Jenna uh, left and she didn't say goodbye. But let's be honest, if I lived 10 minutes away, like Jenna does, I would probably go home too. Why would I sleep at Aaron's house when I could sleep in a bed that I'm familiar with 10 minutes away? I would have been like, I'll see you bitches in the morning. And then Jenna arrives the next morning (laughs) and the ladies question why she left. Jenna explains that she had a 6.30 call The next morning, the ladies were playing loud music, dancing right below her room, and she said it was freezing in her room. I find those to be very valid reasons to go home and sleep in your own bed. I don't know about you. Like, I don't really think that this needed to be a thing. They could have just said, Jenna, we missed you last night and we wanted you to stay with us. Is there anything that we can do to make you more comfortable? That's all they had to say. But on the other hand, this is the Real Housewives and not Sesame Street, so let me shut up. So then the ladies get ready for their morning workout, and finally, 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 Bryn Whitfield arrives. And I have to say, 
It was evident in this episode, episode three, that Bryn is what was missing in episode two. There was an energy, there was a bubbly energy, a spark that was missing in episode two. And I feel like Bryn honestly brought it in this episode. I also have to point out the fact that Bryn says that, hmm, we're in an interesting part of the Hamptons. The South is where it's at, but this is good too. Now, listen, New Yorkers are very particular, if you have that kind of money, very particular about what is the best part of the Hamptons to live or stay. Now, if you recall, Ramona and Bethany have gotten into it because Bethany bought a house in the Hamptons, a beautiful house that was on the highway. And Ramona was like, in Southampton or any Hamptons, south of the highway is preferred. So that's what Bryn meant by the south is where it's at. Bryn means south of the highway. And see, this is why I missed Bryn last week, because she shows up at Aaron's house, throwing shade at the location of where Aaron's house is in the Hamptons. She's in a fur coat. She's bringing hashtag Brennergy. And Bryn came ready to play. So after the ladies work out and listen, let me tell you something. Bryn was trying to go for that trainer, but Uber was not having it. Uber was like, this is my man. I found my man. I'm going to take him home. He can train me as much as he wants. So that was fun. That was probably the best part of that workout. Listen, if I were going on a weekend trip someplace and the host of this trip suggested working out in the morning, I would sleep in. Because I did not come to work out. I came to have fun, drink, dance, have a good time, not work out. I'll work out when I go back home. So the ladies sit down for lunch in Sag Harbor and Bryn offers some, I guess, useful advice to Uber about dating. And she suggests keeping a folder of very good nudes to swipe through with the hopes that a man will see her looking at her nudes over her shoulder and show interest. Now, Bren, I love you, girl, but I think this move helps one get laid, but maybe not get in a relationship. But I would because I assume if a man sees a woman scrolling through her nudes on the phone, the man is going to think, oh, she might be down to smash. I don't know if a man would see that as relationship material, because from the perspective of a man, there are certain women you have sex with and they're are certain women that you get in relationships with, excuse me, and, you know, a man would call that wifey material. But I also love that Jenna is able to offer a different perspective on what it's like dating a woman versus dating a man because Jenna is right when it comes to the dynamics between men and women dating. There is a game involved. If you were listening, you probably know that. You've played the game or you've been a victim of this game. Now, Jenna, Aaron, and Uba go to the bathroom. And I would like to know, why do women like to go to the bathroom together in groups? I've always wondered this because guys don't go to the bathroom in groups. Like if I go to the bathroom and I'm at a bar or at a restaurant with friends, one of my guy friends is not... They're not like, let me come with you to the bathroom. I mean, one time I have gone to the bathroom someplace and a friend has then minutes later gone to the bathroom as well. But we are not planning a field trip from the dinner table to the bathroom. So all the ladies out there, DM me at Bravo Tea with Jared B 
on Instagram or on Twitter at Bravo Tea with JB. And let me know, why do women like to go to the bathroom together? Personally, I try to avoid public bathrooms and I hate using the bathroom when someone else is in there. So I wouldn't be into group field trips to the bathroom. I go to multiple floors at work until I'm able to find a bathroom when no one else in it. That's just me. There are some times I've held it until my lunch break, which I normally go home, and then I will use the bathroom. That's how much I do not like public bathrooms because people are nasty. You guys are nasty. Not all you guys, but you know who you are. People don't like the toilet seat. People leave, you know, drippings on the floor. Like, get it together. Act like you have some actual home training. Now, uh, at this dinner table, Bryn feels like there's a double standard when it comes to Jenna leaving Aaron's house and Bryn and Cy going to dinner at Casa Cipriani instead of the restaurant catch that they keep on bleeping out. But let me tell you something, Bryn is ready to mention it all. And I feel like, you know, this Bryn and Aaron dynamic slash feud is going to deliver in the years to come. It's giving Bethany versus Ramona in a way. One minute they're good, and the next minute there's beef. And I, got, I, I honestly love that Aaron said, well, maybe I like Jenna more than you. When, <laughs> when Bryn mentions that there's a devil standard, uh... Listen, I like a housewife that does not back down, but leans in instead. So kudos to you, Erin. And listen, I like Bren, but I'm not with her on this. I think that she should let this particular bone go because she's not really making her point as some of the other ladies have pointed out. So then the ladies call out Jessel for complaining about the lingerie that was gifted by Jenna Lyons. And I think that this is a conversation that should have been between Jenna and Jessel and not Cy and Aaron. Yes, Cy and Aaron are allowed to have an opinion, but if Jenna has a problem with Jessel being bratty about the lingerie that was gifted to her, then Jenna needs to speak up herself. And then Jessel doesn't make it better by thanking Jenna for the gift and then saying she'll happily exchange it for something else. Like, (laughs) listen, now you guys might find Jessel a little rude with what she said, but the best kind of housewife, remember this, the best kind of housewife is one with a lack of self-awareness. And Jessel is lacking in that department, as we have seen on this Hamptons trip, which is good for the show. It's not good. It's probably not good for her, but it's good for us. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I don't know if I used that saying right. I hope I did. Let me know. <laughs> now, Bryn mentioned something very interesting. You don't touch the thermostat in someone else's home. Do you guys agree with this, that guests shouldn't touch your thermostat in their home? Now, honestly, I would not want my guest (laughs) to touch my thermostat in my home. Maybe ask for my permission first. But um, let me tell you something. I will admit that I have touched some thermostats in people's homes because some people are okay with sleeping while warm. 
I'm not that person. I don't like being hot when it's time for bed because I won't be able to sleep. I can't sleep when it's warm. So I might adjust the temperature a degree or two if need be. You get bonus points if you have a ceiling fan in your room because then I can crank that ceiling fan and keep it cool while I'm sleeping. Personally, when I go to bed, I put my air conditioning on 68 degrees. I turn my ceiling fan on high and I have a 12 speed tower oscillating fan. And then what I do to balance that coldness is I sleep under my comforter and there's a little faux fur throw over my comforter. And that's how I balance the cold with being warm. So like, you know, the base of the temperature is freezing, but then I warm up with a comforter and a faux fur throw. That's how I do it when I sleep. So be warned, friends, if you ever crash at my place, it's going to be a nice box, but I have blankets to keep you warm. So then we jump to this dinner at Aaron's and the ladies are getting dressed for dinner. And honestly, I'm happy that Sai and Uber convinced Jenna to let Uber dress her because I have to say, Jenna looks smoking hot in that dress that Uba put her in. And Jenna explains in her confessional that she's, she used to dress that way for the attention of men, which is no longer a concern for her. And even though Jenna doesn't want to dress that way anymore, she still dresses well. You know, it's like um, geek chic, if that's a thing. Um, you know, she has her trousers. She has her jeans. She'll have a sweater with probably like a... A button-down shirt, you know, that has the cuff sleeve under the sweater. Like, that's that's Jenna's style, and that's okay if that's what she's comfortable with. But, you know, I would like to see Jenna switch it up a little bit more because she looked wonderful in that black dress. So then the ladies at the dinner table play Two Truths and a Lie, and we find out that Aaron had sex in a senator's office, and honestly... I want to know who, like, I really want to know which senator's office (laughs) she had sex in. Um, And then we also find out that Cy enjoys being choked during sex. Um, Okay, Cy, I'm not here to kink shame because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. You might be listening and maybe you like a little chocation uh, in the situation uh, with the sexation. So listen, good for you, whatever gets you off. We also learned that Bryn's favorite position is reverse cowgirl. Um, And she's done it with many people, including a governor and a New York Knicks basketball player. Um, Then we also find out that Jessel had a popsicle, a popsicle stuck up her vagina And honestly, I have so many questions, and yet I don't need to know anything else. Nothing else. So after dinner, the ladies sit down uh, around the bonfire after... (laughs) So Aaron asked Bren to get sake or wine. I think it was sake. Uh, And Bren can't figure out how to open Aaron's fridge. So she says, Siri, open the door. And then she asks Alexa to open the door. And then she's like, white people. (laughs) You see, this is why I miss Bren. This is what was missing from the last episode. A little funny. 
But around the bonfire, Sai opens up about growing up poor and not liking dollar stores because her whole childhood was... You know, the dollar store. That's where her family shopped, the dollar store. She also shared that she moved around a lot and she went to different schools and she was bullied. And then she moved out the house when she was 16 because her mother could only afford to rent a bedroom for her mother to stay in. So Bryn, I mean, not Bryn, sorry, Sai basically had to find a place to live. And she opens up about the fact that at one point she was living in the dorm of one of her friends, uh, Long Island University, even though she no longer went to Long Island University. And then she ended up getting a place in Brooklyn, moving in with one of her friends. And like, you know, this is why Sai is a hustler. This is why Sai is the way she is. And then Bryn also opens up about the fact that she grew up poor or without money. And she used to fantasize about her family being able to, to afford furniture that came in like a weekly catalog that came in the mail. Now, I have to say, it was very nice to get to know Sai more. She was open. She was honest about how she grew up. And it gives us, the viewers, some insight into who she is and why she works so hard to be who she is today. And I have to admit that I can relate to Sai when she discusses moving around a lot. Because growing up, you know, I moved around a little bit. I went to different schools. I was somewhat of a military brat. Uh, you know, we, of course, I have mentioned that I grew up in Long Island, New York. My mom got married to my now former stepfather who was in the military. We uh, moved to East Meadow, New York, which was like a town or two over. Um, and then we moved to Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, where we lived on Ramey Base, which is no longer there in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. Um, and we lived in Aguadilla for like a year and a half, which I loved. I was in like the fifth grade and I think half a sixth I lived there as well. Um, and then after that year and a half, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and listen, it took some time to love Georgia. I'm not even sure yet I love Georgia. I like Georgia. I like Georgia enough to still live here. But listen, if an opportunity came knocking, I'm down to move any place that's nice enough. Listen, I'll I'm, I'm move to Amsterdam. I'll move to London. I'll move to Costa Rica. Maybe Iceland too, okay? But like Sai, I was bullied a decent amount. And that was hard because all you want to do at that age, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, in grade school in general, all you want to do is fit in. And I felt like people did not know how to receive me. Like I felt like people were used to mentally putting people in boxes. And let me tell you something about me, Jared B. There was no box big enough to fit me in. Because once you think you have me figured out, you will realize that you don't. I'm like an onion with multiple layers and you will get to know more and more of me as you pull back the layers of this onion. But I swear to you, I don't smell like onions. I'll tell you that. But a lot of people questioned why I talk the way I do, because I guess I, I speak proper. And people would say that I act white when I am actually black. And honestly, thinking back, it's a very ignorant statement to make, because what is acting white? Like, is 
articulating your words and being, you know, educated, acting white, because, you know, white people, shout out to the white people that are listening, white people don't own a monopoly on articulation and education. Black people are articulate. Hispanics are articulate. Okay. Asians are articulate. We all come in different packages. So that used to bother me because I felt like who I was as a person was in conflict with who people expected me to be. And I honestly did not find my group of friends until my junior year in high school when I started doing theater full time. And now some of my closest friends to this day are the people I met doing theater in high school. That's when things shifted for me. And that's when I kind of started to finally feel like Georgia was my home. Listen, I just want to continue to thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends and your family and your coworkers. Please continue to do so because, listen, our listenership is growing and that's wonderful to see. But I also want to say, please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Apple Music, please subscribe. Because what happens when you subscribe to the podcast is that when a new podcast episode comes out, it downloads immediately to where ever you listen to your podcast instead of individually seeking out an episode to listen to. And it's also good for the metrics for the podcast. Sorry if you hear an airplane, there is one flying over. <laughs> listen, these are some things, some elements that you can't control when you're recording a podcast. But also if you're on social media, follow us on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B. Follow us on Twitter at Bravo T with JB. We're also on Threads. We're also on TikTok. And damn that airplane. Jeez, who are they looking for? Maybe UFOs? But yes, if you are on social media, follow us, reach out to us, DM us, give me your questions, your comments, and I will read it on the podcast. I would love to do that. Um, Again, I sincerely thank you for the support. It means a lot to me, you know, This podcast is like the highlight of my week, you know? I look forward to this. I look forward to speaking to the people. But that's all the Bravo Tea I have for you today. Stay tuned for my new episode on Friday, um, where I recap this week's Crappy Lake and the Housewives of Orange County. I love you for listening. And until next time, you'll hear from me on Friday. Have a good one. (laughs) 